American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmates' flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Welcome, everyone, to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking some all-elite wrestling. I know, I know, this podcast, when I set it up, I wasn't going to talk about WWE. I wasn't going to talk about AEW. But honestly, I haven't watched much wrestling this week. I've only watched, basically, AEW. I watched the AEW Dynamite because Garrett Gonzalez and I do the Fight Game Podcast for the Wrestling Observer site. And I was trying to think what I wanted to cover for this week. And on Wednesday on Dynamite, I saw, oh, shoot, there is a battle of belts. And I totally forgot about it. That was happening on Saturday. So I talked to Garrett. I said, you know what? I think I'm going to cover that battle of belts. He said, go for it. So that's what I did. So going to the battle of belts, I was like, you know what? If I'm going to cover battle of belts, I might as well watch Rampage on Friday. So I watched Rampage on Friday as well. So I'm going to talk about that here on the podcast um so yeah no indies this week no international stuff just talking all elite wrestling and i must say with all elite wrestling you know a lot of people might think i want to fail or something like that i know a lot of people think i just hate all elite wrestling i do not i really want to succeed i think it's doing great when it comes i love the success it's having on pay-per-view um success even ratings wise considering you know for the key demo i understand what that means though i still think you know the overall rating is very important and a lot of people kind of forget that and it shows a lot with that overall rating um, that they can't get over that million hump. Or Rampage last week only did 375,000 in their normal time spot. No changes. Uh, so, All Elite has a lot of work to do. And I think a lot of it has to do with the overbooking and the crash TV style that just just not working. A lot of stuff is just thrown out there and... It gets kind of confusing, and I watch, you know, for me, that's in the notes, I'm confused. Now, what about a fan that's kind of a casual viewer? And there are still casual viewers of their product. Everyone kind of seems to believe that AW fans are all smart. They know everything. They know what New Japan is. They know what Ring of Honor is. They know every indie guy or any gal that comes up. That's not really the case. It's still a very small 
small percent of their audience that is that hardcore you know audience i still think they 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 captured some new fans i believe and a lot of these fans aren't just following everything you know they're just enjoying AEW. so i think a lot of people were turned off this in the uh around may leading into um the forbidden door pay-per-view like the whole stuff with the new japan stuff kind of just coming in and being the focus and then there's ring of honor stuff it's just like it leaves the fans confused. And just like the WWE, when they created two world titles, it's still very confusing for a lot of people because what's more important, which title is important. Um, you know, it's been one of our complaints as fans for a very long time. And AEW is doing the exact same thing. They have one AEW world champion, but there's a ROH world champion. Um, there's two women's champions. There's multiple tag team champions. It's and now they're creating a trios title, but there's also a trios title in Ring of Honor or six man tag ring. I don't know. It's just just so confusing. And the booking has been just a lot of hot shotting, hot shot trying to throw gimmick match after gimmick match. Like this past week on Dynamite, we had. A dumpster match. Friday on Rampage, we had a street fight tag team match. Um, next week on Dynamite, we're having a casket match and a tornado tag team match. Even on Rampage, though there's one quote unquote gimmick match with the street fight tag team match, John Moxley and Mance Warner might as well have been a street fight as well because they didn't give a shit about the rules. And, and I want to talk about that real quick. I don't want to spend too much time on Rampage, but this show was not a good show, in my opinion. Um, Mance Warner I saw back at MLW, and I liked him. He was different than a lot of people. Um, I liked his promos. There was something there. There is something still there. And so I was really looking forward to... Uh, his match with John Moxley. I say I'm like, you know, that's one of the reasons also why I was gonna tune in. I really want to see how he's gonna do. I kind of already kind of knew it was gonna happen, like the the matches, because John Moxley's matches are very, very similar. Um, it's gonna be crazy all over the place on the floor. Rules won't really apply, even though it's a rules, like there's not a no like it's not a no disqualification match. It still doesn't matter to him. They're just still gonna do a bunch of stuff. It's like no one has the balls to tell John no. Like, and, you know, save it for when there's a, a, a stipulation allows you to do all this craziness. But no, he's just going to do his thing. And I, I figured, and we got exactly what I expected in this John Moxley Mance Warner match. But I'm mostly looking for Mance Warner's performances. Does it, will, will, will it warrant him being signed to AEW? Um, so actually, First, I just saw on my YouTube page when I was scrolling through YouTube on Thursday night, I saw there's a special <laughs> dark elevation, which I don't remember them even talking about that on Dynamite. And I saw there's like a couple matches on there. And but one of the matches was uh, Mance Warner versus Serpenticor or whatever the hell his name is. The job guy with the other job guy, Dr. Luther. And I was like, I was like, okay, let me watch this match. I'm curious to see how they book it. 
Now, then what, the, what they should have done is just have Mance Warner go in there and destroy Serpentor because Serpentor doesn't beat anyone. He's a joke. Um, he's a, you know, a skinny little guy in a mask. And Warner uh, he, it has this big match coming up on Rampage, right? So the match with Serpent, Serpentor is you know, going okay at first. And, you know, Luther distracts and Serpentor takes over, which is fine for a little bit. And I figure, okay, now Mance Warner's going to turn the tide and just beat him. No. Put a good amount of heat there. Mance makes a comeback. Serpentor stops him again. Twice for this match versus Job Guy? You're going to, I mean, I know only the hardcores, the hardcores are really watching Elevation. No one really saw this, right? So it really didn't affect anyone's perception going into the match on Friday, but like, should you book it? Like it should be, they should like you book it. Like people are watching this and people are want to see who this guy is. And it should have been just a dominant win. You could showed highlights of that dominant win over Serpentor, like earlier in the night before his match with, uh, John Moxley on rampage. So again, I, I, someone, I don't know who's aging these matches. Who's going to Tony and say, Tony, they want to do this. We don't want them to do it. This is why. Or someone needs to say something, right? Like, it's just why are you having Serpentor first get along. A, a, not, it's not a super long heat, but it was, it was way too long that a guy of his level should have on a guy that you're just bringing in to, to face your champion, even though it's a non-title match. You know, he should have been just a little bit of offense and his butt kicked, and that's it. Mansur wins. Arm raise going into Friday. Just I don't, I just don't get it. I don't know what's going on over there. It drives me insane. So this match with John Moxley is, is what we got on the floor already. Brawn over the ring. They get in the ring. Bell finally rings. You know more brawling on the ring. It's it's a straight up match. It's a title eliminator match. Meaning if Mance Warner beats John Moxley, he'll enter earn an interim title shot. I mean that's kind of already. Everyone kind of already knows if a, a, a champion's in a non-title match, but he gets beat. The guy that beats him probably going to be a normal contender or get a title shot after that. So, But, you know, I like it. They, they might kind of make a little something out of it. The uh, title eliminator. It's cute. It's flashy. I like it. Um, you know, it's it's not like an old term. I mean, they use it for boxing and, and stuff like that. So I, I, I like that aspect of it. Um, but, you know, they're brawling in the ring. There's suplexes on chairs. Moxley's grabbing the steps and, you know, flipping it on its side or, or bringing it out to use it. And it's like, and I know you're like, well, WWE uses steps all the time. And there's no disqualification well, because the steps are still there. And it's, you know, there, it's just, it's there in place and they're taking advantage of their surroundings. He's literally using it as a weapon. You know, like there's could be some, there's a great area when a guy, when the steps are there and a guy suplexes someone into it or slams a guy's head into it. I don't know. But like when you actually get the steps and you're flipping on the side and trying to do something, I don't know. And it plus, again, what I was so confused about is like later that night, we're having a street fight for, I don't know if it was for the tag titles or what, but it was a street fight. Anyways, it was a street fight. And these guys are doing everything in the world. You know, Mox starts bleeding, and he didn't. He this wasn't. Um, you know, he didn't gig himself here. It was just you know his scar tissue because he's 
doing all these death matches on weekends and and you know he's always bleeds in matches he just now he just bleeds because of scar tissue it's just, it's just opening up so it wasn't and that's what it was that's why it wasn't like a lot of blood coming out it was just trickling out for him but warner goes to the floor comes out gushing blood and it's like my god what are these poor guys supposed to do later in the evening right um warner i where I was impressed in MLW, I was not over impressed here. It's those punches he's trying to throw, you know, these like these these stiff, straight punches, but they don't look good. Like just throw a good working punch would look way better. Um, just just Indy. Like like I thought he was kind of exposed here in this match, and I I, I don't know. I think he needs to be. I think if Tony's going to sign him, I think you sign him to Ring of Honor contract deal, and you kind of, you know, try to help. Hopefully, he makes a name with the Ring of Honor, and you can build him. You know, maybe he gets better and more seasoning. Whatever TV deal they end up getting, or some kind of show, like put him under that kind of contract and bring him back. Because I also think right now, like signing him, what's going to happen? He'll be in the middle. He'll be on. Dark elevation or dark, whatever the hell. Um, he's just, he'd just be lost in the shovel. And honestly, there's a lot more better guys than him that you should be, be using. Like I can't believe like we haven't seen Samoa Joe on television. You know, he's at the pay per view that's before Dishonor, the Ring of Honor pay per view. But where's he at? You know. Um, it's just, it's just, I didn't get this. Was it? I was just really left me the bad taste in my mouth. And I just kept thinking, like, why would you book this match if you're gonna have a street fight later? And it and it just takes away from what those guys are gonna do later in, in the evening. And they, and they had to do a bunch of plunder just to kind of set themselves apart. And but at the time, like, we already saw blood over here. You know, we already saw uh, furniture and stuff with the with the match with Moxley and Manser. So I don't know, just. I don't think like why even do this match? Like, what was the reason? I know they get mocks on Rampage because Rampage, like I said last week, did a shitty number, and I don't know if Mox is going to get him past that four hundred thousand mark. We'll see. I'm really curious about the Rampage writing. You know, I want to see if 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 Mox can if it even did anything to improve the rating. A match that I don't think was advertised was on this show. Kanosuke Takeshka versus Ryan Namath. And Takeshka has a ROH World Title match on Battle of the Belts, which is going to air on Saturday. And <laughs> when they announced last week that Takeshka was getting an ROH World Title shot, I was like, why he's only lost in aw and i know you might say well john he's won some dark matches well, who gives a f- no one cares about that right no one cares no one's seen him you know i remember they showed highlights of him beating brandon cutler like big deal right so my my broadcast partner garrett my podcast partner broadcast partner, my podcast partner garrett gonzalez 
uh, on the Fight Game podcast. He loves Takeshi. I like him too. This guy's a talent. I, I've seen him many times. Like he's not new to me. Like I've seen him in DET. Um, I remember when he was debuted, and I remember seeing some of his bigger match. I remember the match with Okada he had when he was you know a, a young kid coming up. He's still young. He's only twenty six, and and, and Garrett just, just likes loves this kid because. He always puts on good matches, and he just always comes up short. And and that's like he and Garrett just feels like that's his. That's what they want from him, and and that's okay. But it's just weird with Takeshka because he's been a star in DET. Like now he's doing almost like the young boy excursion thing. I know he's on excursion, but to me he's not the young boy coming up. He's the established main eventer of the DET promotion. So instead of booking him like a young boy on excursion, I would book him like the great Muda, not in with gimmick and mist and all that stuff. But instead of being defeated every match, be make him undefeated and build up to a big championship match before he goes back to Japan, whenever that is. Or a couple of them, you know, he can lose a couple of those big matches. Before we leave, so if the theory is and that Garrett, kind of, well, I think he, I think he's kind of, he thinks this might be his gimmick. Like he's just he's the young kid fighting, uh, always gives all, always puts on a great match, but in the end he just comes up short. And I, I just don't think that's true. I don't think Tony Khan had this vision. I don't think Tony even thought that way. I think he just thinks, oh, he's gonna go have a good match, and when he does, he always has a really good match. So, but let's just say Tony Khan is that good of a booker to think like, I'm going to build this guy up. He's going to lose a lot. Always show heart, always show fire, always going to be close to wing, but he just comes up short. And when he does win, it's going to be such a special moment. Now, maybe that, maybe that's his plan. And so let's say that's his plan. Well, if that's the plan for Takeshka to keep losing and put up a fight and nearly win and finally get that big win, you don't do the, Big win over Ryan Nemeth. Ryan Nemeth is a good talent, but beating Ryan Nemeth does not mean anything in AEW. It doesn't. And here we are. Because I think this is what I think would happen. Why Takeshka and Ryan Nemeth match happened on this show is because last week when it was announced that Takeshka is getting a title shot for the Ring of Honor title shot against Claudio. I think Tony Khan, you know, opened up the Twitter, the Twitter, the Twitter machine, whatever you want to call it. And he was like, and he saw the people like, why? Well, this guy's good, but he hasn't won a match. Why is he getting tile shot? Why is he getting tile shot? Why is he getting tile shot? And so now he's like, okay, well, he's going to win here. And I'm going to show he's a winner. But, and then he's going to get tile shot on the next night. This match was a good match. Takeshka and Ryan Nemeth, right? Like I said, Ryan Nemeth knows his role. Excuse me, sorry about that. Knows his role, knows does it really well. And they had a nice little quick match. It was perfect. But then it's AEW. There has to be an afterbirth. And here, here it comes with Peter Avalon, who is part of Ryan Nemeth's and in some kind of tag team or group, I believe. I think there's a I think there was a Caesar Baroni was in, in it at one point. I forget what they were called. But here comes Peter Avalon. He attacks Takeshka, but Takeshka turns tables and, and leaves him lane. The problem is, like, 
you didn't need this to you didn't need this it didn't it did nothing for Takeshka. um the problem is peter avalon came in and he's just playing heel wrestler it's so over the top so phony looking so fake and he comes in with this this over the top i'm the bad guy expression and i'm gonna attack you and it just does nothing you could have you know as what happened in the match avalon interfered a little cut off for the cutoff Naaman got a little heat, but then Takeshka turned tables and won. We could have done is Takeshka making this big comeback. Boom, boom, boom. Here comes Avalon, pop on the apron and kind of try to, you know, interfere. Takeshka knocks, does that big knee, knocks him off the apron, you know, ducks a clothesline from uh, Namath, hits that, catches him in that blue thunderbomb, one, two, three. So then you accomplish what you need to accomplish. You, you accomplish, you know, Takeshka taking out Avalon for the pop, then you cat and you and you accomplish him getting the win over Namath. But again, he won, but it had zero impact. Zero impact for for it. It's didn't really nothing for him. All, all in all, it, now if it was a someone a big player in AEW or someone higher, higher, higher in the cards, yeah, it would have meant something. But no one's gonna remember this, uh, and it's just too late. Too late for the win. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, next match, man, this one has to be seen to believe. Madison Rain versus Layla Gray. Madison Ray, Rain has been, was hired as the uh, liaison between, I guess, the female talent and then Tony Khan. Uh, Tony Khan has heard, and a lot of people's complaints about him is that there's no communication, right? There's lack of communication there. So he's hired these coaches to be the liaison, the liaison, <laughs> liaison, excuse me, to the talent. Easy for me to say. There's like Sanjay Dutt, QT Marshall, Madison Rain. So they keep calling her coach. Coach Madison Rain. She's the coach of the AEW Women's Division. What does that mean to the wrestling viewer? A coach is someone who has a Who's coaching someone? Who's helping them with strategy, with training, um, preparing them for the, the their next big bout? A coach of a whole division. So is she helping everyone out with their strategies, with their training? So when Chris Statler challenges Jade Cargo for the TV's title, is she coaching Chris Statlander? 
only because she's challenging or she's coaching the champion Jade Cargill to retain. It makes no damn sense. If you want to call her the matchmaker of the women's division, that could work. The commissioner of the women's division, that can work. But coach? Freaking nonsense. And then you had this match with Madison Rain versus Layla Gray. Madison Rain was on Dynamite. She was confronted by Jade Cargill and Stokey Hathaway. And Rain was looking to, you know, step up to Jade. But Jade's like, I don't, you know, you're not in my, my league. So let's have her wrestle our baddie in training, Layla Gray. So that's the match on Rampage. And like I said, you have to see this match. It is an embarrassment, embarrassment that it happened on national television. This looked to me like a semi-pro Tuesday night match at a wrestling school. There's just, they're just slowly going through holds and counter holds and moves. There's nothing no struggle the opening like waist lock you know reversal waist locks of reversal is oh my gosh it just it was like slow motion it was like they're, they're just they're just going over the match in the back or like i said on at wrestling school let's just go through the whole match and 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 go through and, and let's let's talk about spots and shit right what works and we'll take something out but there's some live tv Layla Gray, beautiful girl, but damn, she's not ready for this spot. This is bar- this is embarrassing, and they keep and the you know, <laughs> the Jim Ross and and Scalber and Taz and whoever the hell they else, Tony Schiavone, all talking about seventeen year veteran from Aston Rain, and it's like she did not look like a seventeen year veteran out there. She didn't look good at all. She might have been slowing down. Slowing it down because of Layla's inexperience. But come on, there's a veteran knows to slow it down, but still not look like they're at, you know, they're at just fresh out of wrestling school or semi pro camp. Man. And now we have Mazarin challenging Layla, uh, sorry, challenging Jay Cargill at. Dynamite for the TBS women's title. And let's just hope that's just... Jay Cargo just destroys her quickly, and she should. And then Madison Rain can go into whatever coaching duties she has. And, you know, probably best not to be an on-screen character at this point. If she just, she just should be the person that, you know, that helps Tony Khan with the women's division and he's that communication line between them. So... This was really, really bad. And Layla Gray, I mean, I think she's trained at OVW. And this is not the OVW of the, you know, Danny Davis from Cornette system. This is Al Snow system. And uh, one of my earlier Take It Home podcasts, I actually covered OVW TV. And it is a bad show. Extremely bad. Like, embarrassing bad. Um, For, the like, 90% of it. <laughs> Maybe 95% of it, it's that bad. So... Yeah, I Al Snow, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's a good trainer. I don't know who else is training, but it, it's just these 
She should not be out there. She sh- Lady Grey should not be out there at this time. The main event was a street fight. After you saw all the chairs and the steps and blood and the opener. So now you're ready for a street fight, right? So there's a bunch of plunder, this one. But I almost I lost interest within seconds. This match started. When I saw Josh Woods, who's not even established at all yet on AW television. He's been on Dark and Elevation, like I said. No one's watching this. And Josh Woods is legit shooter. Big muscular kid. He's a big kid. He, and he looks like he can, you know, fuck someone up. And he can. He steps up to Keith Lee right in the beginning on the floor. Goes up to him. Pushes Keith Lee. Keith Lee doesn't move an inch. Keith Lee just lifts up both hands. Does a big double chop. And Joshua goes down. Boom. Takes a big bump. I'm like, God damn. <laughs> right off the bat, just this kid means nothing here. I mean, come on. So I was basically done. I started basically fast forwarding this because it's just plunder. Tony Nese is throwing powder, protein powder, which is cute because they're athletes and body guys. And if they had powder, it's probably what they're throwing is protein powder. Um, it just was. Just silliness, and there's Mark Sterling jumping through a table, and just I just couldn't handle it. I just turned it off. So that was Rampage. I'm curious to see what the ratings would be. I assume it's going to be better than 375,000 viewers. I'm guessing. I'm going to say it's going to be 425. That's my guess. If Paul Fontaine's listening, uh, he'll remind me what I said on this one, but I think it's going to be around 425. I I, I, I want to see if it's going to be higher than that. I want to see if it's going to get the 500. Uh, is, I want to see that Moxie really has that star power, right? He should. It should make a big difference when Moxie's on this car because he is a top star, one of the top stars, top three at, at least, right? So we'll see what happens here. And then does the plunder help? Is We'll see. So that was Rampage. I rarely watch Rampage, and this reminded me why I don't watch it. I mean, Garrett doesn't watch it at all. It's because he knows it's like a throwaway show. I know a lot of people that won't watch it because it's just a throwaway show. And and you when the when the, you see a, a rating like last week, three hundred seventy five thousand overall viewers, you gonna have to look at yourselves. Tony Khan has to look at himself for just causing this because. The booking of the show, the matches that he's put on for months, you know, have been have been just unimportant for anyone to really check out. They don't need to really see him. And this show started off with a one point something rating with CM Punk's return, and it's how that's how we went over a million viewers down to three hundred seventy five thousand. That's that's a that's a that's a big deal, and, and I know. There's DVR viewers, and that does that is important, but still, man, that's that's a huge drop, a real huge drop, and I mean, you know, NXT is still doing six hundred thousand at least, right? So we'll see. I mean, I hope 
I hope that it goes up for him. But we'll, I'm, I'm curious to see the rating on that, and also curious to see the rating on, on the Battle of the Belts. Before, before, before I get to Battle of the Belts, I'm gonna talk about Fight Game Media Plus Patreon, five dollars a month. If you join, you get a lot of great content. I have a show on there with Garrett Gonzalez. Uh, we're covering the Raw review, 1998, and we're looking at all the match, all the sh- all the Raws from 1998. We're covering the pay per views as well. We just covered Fully Loaded, which took place in Fresno, California. I went to that show live, so I gave a live perspective of it. Uh, it was fun to go back and watch that pay per view. I haven't seen that pay per view, gosh, probably since 1998. I know I did watch it on video after I was there live, but. Um, it, you know, it's been a lot of fun rewatching rewatching Raw and seeing how like just it just the crash TV element is just crazy, and the star power is still amazing. Seeing Rock ascend and Austin on fire, Kane like I, Kane like was just was such a cool gimmick when he first came in. He just looked so awesome, and uh, it's it's been interesting. We're right in the middle of Brawl for all right now, so it's kind of wacky. But also on the Patreon, you get more net. You get the uh, shows that cover mixed martial arts and boxing. You get the Brace for Impact podcast with uh, Mike Gilbert and JD Oliva. You get the Dynamite show with Jeff Hawkins and Paul Fontaine, um, and you just and you get the the, the Five Star Joshi show with Scott. I mean, we got just stuff just going crazy. On the on the fight game media plus, and like I said, it's five dollars. Give us a shot. I think you're really going to enjoy what we got. And there's all this great variety on that Patreon. And again, five bucks, not a huge risk for a whole month. A lot of great content. Give it a shot. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. I understand. You know, money's tight, inflation's up. You know, like <laughs> I get it. But I think once you get on it. You're going to love it. You're going to enjoy it. Now, let's talk about Ballad Belts. This show was a lot, was much more enjoyable than Rampage. Three matches, an hour, you know, there's no, there's no backstage skits. Like, on, I didn't even talk about Rampage. There was a, there was a, a skit, or skit. There was a, a backstage pre tape with uh, uh, the best friends, Orange Cassie's sitting there. He's, he's been injured by, lethal and he's just but he's just sitting there with his you know getting his leg leg wrap but he doesn't care because he's you know he's orange cast and he's cool the best friends are doing like hey guys we're gonna be we're, we're better as a team especially all three of us we should we should be in the trios tournament just so cheesy like this made air right this this Pre-tape, this backstage segment is as silly as the same stuff that happens in WWE, where people will, will just jump on them for all their craziness. And, it, and they deserve it because it was stupid stuff. This was equal to 24-7 stuff. That's how bad this was. So they shot this and said, this is great. I don't know. Just Chuck Taylor, I just don't get it. I don't get him. What a waste of time. Just... And then Dan Housen shows up, and then it's a gag because it's just fucking nonsense. I fucking hated it. Anyways, so like I said, this show was matches, and and that's it. 
and uh, which which made it a very enjoyable show. It's just a quick one hour show, but at the same time, Battle of the Belts when it was announced, it, it sounded pretty exciting. Like Battle of the Belts, cool. I I, I love the the original Battle of the Belts from Florida. Those are great show. Those are the precursor to Class of Champions for an NWA slash WCW, and we thought, hey, AEW Battle of the Belts, it's going to be something similar. No, it's just an hour and of just the most random matches, most random championships. Like when the first show they did, I think Battle Belts was the FTW titles online. You know this. You know this is it's almost like a throwaway show, really. And if you look at this, you had three matches. One match actually had some interest, I think, for the fans because it's technically been built to because there's history and that was jamie hater challenging for the women's title against thunder rosa because jamie hater of course being the the muscle for Britt baker Britt baker thunder rosa have this long feud so you know that there's a connect there's a connective story there and you know that so there's a, a good reason for that match to happen jay lethal challenging Wardlow for the TNA title, like I just the last time we saw Jay Lethal before he won on Dynamite was he lost the TN, the TV ROH title match to uh, Samoa Joe at the pay per view. So, like, if he's gonna get this shot, why is he in? Fuck, I don't know. Just, just makes my head hurt. So, but we hear TNT title match Wardlow versus Jay Lethal. And I really think the match with Orange Cassie hurt Wardlow. You know, Wardlow was on fire coming out of that, going into the match with MGF and going out of the match with MGF and win the TNT title. All you have to do is keep running him out there and keep destroying people until you finally get him into a, another feud with someone that's a good enough heel that's going to keep that heat. Um, and... <laughs> That's what people want to see from Wardlow. They want to see him go in, smash people. They think it's going to sell. They want to see himself a little bit, and they want to see the Powerbomb Symphony. This match here, I love Jay Lethal. I think he's great. I think he's a really good promo, good worker. But this match here was went, went way too long, even with Jay Lethal in there. It should have been one segment. Like I said, there could have been a little heat, you know, a little distraction by Sanjay Dutt or Satnam gets a trip in or something. Lethal takes over for a bit, but then Willow should beat him with the power bombs, right? And like I said, the fans don't want to see him sell long, Warlow sell long. They don't want to see, they want to see the power bomb symphony. But this match, we saw him sell long. And we also saw one power bomb. The fans got up when they, they finally got up when he hit the power bomb. Oh, they thought they're gonna get the symphony. They didn't. So he has to either kind of do it on guys he could probably still do it to. He probably could have done it to Lethal if it wasn't for maybe he was a little tired for the longer match. I don't know. But I think this match should have been one segment, boom. Done. And then the afterbirth of this match. <laughs> Duck comes in, try to attack Warlow. Warlow's on him. Here comes Satin, Satin Singh. He stops Warlow. Now Lethal's on him. They, I think Lethal gets a figure four. Satin's putting his foot on his, 
Warlow's chest and Warlow can't move, but then he starts powering out a little bit and but 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 Dutt starts kicking him, so then Satnam puts his foot back down. Then they pick up Warlow. Warlow starts making a little comeback. And then he ends up I think he ended up kicking Satnam in the balls, knocking him down, going for the power bomb. And then, and then, uh, and then like a lethal stopped him. That lethal stopped him. And then they got a table out. Fuck. This is the same taping as Rampage, by the way. So they saw tables and all this shit already. And they, they double, triple power choke slam, uh, Satin choke slam, Warlow to the table. So I don't understand why. Tony Khan must have a, a boner for table spots. He must think like, that's heat. That's heat. When someone gets put through a table, it's not heat when it happens every fucking show. Um, this is the reason ECW, like, I used to love ECW. But, you know, I loved, but then, like, you know, 95, 96 was really good. 90, early 97 was still had some good momentum. But then it became, like, every show, this multiple chairs, multiple tables, blah, blah, blah. It just started meaning nothing to me. At AEW, same thing. We got tables every show. <laughs> every show, someone's getting laid out through a table or something like that. Remember when Luchasaurus is dumping people through tables and as a heel, when he was a heel for like two weeks with Christian. And now we have Satnam putting Warlow through a table. <laughs> Just, just nonsense. Like I didn't think this did anything to even build up interest. They they want to see Warlow powerbomb Satnam, but they they did nothing to really make you want to see the match with this. You know they could have done the same thing. You know Warlow celebrates the championship. In comes Dutt. He starts getting on Warlow. But Warlow stops him. But here comes Satnam from behind. Boom, knocks him down. Right. Satnam checks on Dutt maybe for a little second. Warlow kicks him in the Satnam in the gut, bends him over, goes for the powerbomb. The fans start reacting. Oh, she's gonna powerbomb the seven foot four giant, but quickly, boom! Satnam on his own powers out of the of the powerbomb. Backstrops fucking Warlow. Warlow goes crashing. Now Dutt and Lethal are kicking the shit out of Warlow. They pick up Warlow. They toss him into Satnam. Satnam gets him in the choke slam. Boom. Choke slams in the ring. Boom. That's it. No table. A choke slam from a seven foot four guy should be devastating enough, people. Don't overbook this shit. And when this was happening, when Warlow was there, it was taking forever to get his table out to, to put Warlow through it. No officials. No security. No one's stopping him, not stopping his heels from doing it. It just looks so fake and so goofy. There's no heat if there's no chaos, right? It's just it's just choreographed nonsense. And that's what we got. So I thought the match was a was a letdown. You know, I like I said, I the crowd was tired and when one they saw so much plunder and chaos in the first hour. And now you're and now you're trying to get a pop out of them for the table, right? <laughs> And then Warlow comes out, and most of this match, there's a lot of crowd sweetening on this on the show because the crowd's tired, just sitting there. 
there's crowd reaction, there's crowd noise, but you look in the audience and their fans are sitting on their hands. And so it happens at WWE, it happens here, folks. You know, it's just the way it is. But I I think I didn't think this did anything to really build up any interest in that match. I think they think it's a big match. It doesn't feel like a big match. It could be if you know you built it for an all out and kept it, you know, Goldberg versus Giant short and just needs to be high impact. And as Goldberg, you know, picked up the giant for the the jackhammer and and you know, same thing, you know, if War if they can if Warlow could do it and they could do do it, fuck, that's gonna be a moment. Right, I was there live for a, a Goldberg uh, giant match in Oakland. It's a long Thunder TV taping. It was a horrible Thunder, but the main event was the Giant and Goldberg in a, in a non-televised match, and that was a, the third loudest crowd action I've ever heard in any kind of um, combat sport event or light, you know, wrestling event. I'm sure, the loudest is Steve Austin still. Um, the second loudest ever pop I ever heard was for Uriah Faber in Sacramento. And then my third was Goldberg, you know, in the, his height in 98. And it was a quick, simple match with a giant. Boom, boom, boom. You know, got on, giant got on uh, Goldberg for a bit. Goldberg made a comeback. Spear, Jack Aaron, one, two, three. You could do the same thing on a pay-per-view with, you know, World Over Satinum. And they're like, oh my God, you could suck. You gotta have great matches. It's not sometimes it's not about having a great match. There are gonna be plenty of great matches on that pay-per-view and all out. There are gonna be plenty of matches that are gonna get way much too much time. And there's gonna be a million moves. How about one match you just continue to get over Wardlow as a major superstar? Next up was uh the match, I say that's probably the most as a a, a loyal AEW viewer would, would be interested. Uh, Thunder Rosa defending her women's title against Jamie Hayter. Like I said, the history there. Hayter is part of that Britt Baker group. And they've been feuding with Thunder Rosa for well over a year and a half now. And so this match had some interest as an AEW viewer. And, you know, Hayter jumpstarts Rosa off the bat. Oh, my gosh. Where have we seen that before? Uh, there's some decent heat early on by Hayter. Thunder Rosa made a comeback with, a, with one good-looking dropkick and one really bad-looking dropkick. They're they're both crowded, no space. <sighs> there was a DET on the floor by Thunder Rosa. And Thunder brings her back in the ring, and it's just a two-count. It's like a DET on the floor should be a big deal. No, it's just, you know, transition to the next thing. <laughs> Rosa goes to the top, but she's distracted by Britt Baker with her women's because Britt Baker is holding her women's title on the floor. Hater knocks her off. Hater hits a rock bottom on the steps, and we go to commercial break. That was the break spot, <laughs> and again meant nothing. That 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 should be a big deal. Like, you know, when a woman gets thrown on the steps like that, it should be a big deal. It should be like an injury angle or something, right? You should stretch her out, build into a big rematch. But no. Hater. This now I'm going in the break spot, but it's picture picture. I'm watching. I want to see what they're gonna do next. Hater rolls her in and doesn't even go for a two, doesn't even go for a, a pin. Just keeps picking her up, continues to heat on her for a little bit. Hater did hit a sweet looking brain buster that I liked. Um towards the finish, Britt interferes and starts 
attacking uh, Thunder Rosa from the outside. While Hater has the referee distracted, maybe Rebels up there too as well. <clears throat> and then Tony Storm, who's oh, sorry, I forgot to mention Tony Storm came out with Thunder Rosa, you know, Thunderstorm to watch her back, and so she starts fighting with Hater. Hater gets the advantage, and but then Tony Storm quickly it's a swinging DT on the floor. And then as haters, she sees this and she's looking on. Thunder Rosa gets a sunset flip. One, two, kick out by Hater. Goes for, then Thunder Rosa rolls through, gets the Oklahoma rock. One, two. And then they go for the, the Casa de Doro, whatever it's called, and she gets the pin. Um, I thought they could have just went right to the pin right with that first sunset flip. I didn't think you needed to do the whole, you know, roll out, two count, roll, and then finally the finish. I thought, like, just Boom, quick, quick, boom, boom. Like, swing DT, Hayes looking out, roll up with Thunder, one, two. And then, well, shit, you can't do... If you didn't do the afterbirth of the match with Lethal and Board, though, you could have done an afterbirth here and really kind of built up something, but it's just... It was just... Uh, it, Thunder Rosa, I, I like Melissa personally, but it's just... She has a lot of ways to go. And Hater, Hater has a lot of charisma. She has a lot of charisma, a lot of physical charisma, a lot of personality in there. Great look. I mean, Thunder Rose has a great look too, but <sighs> Hater really does have something. But she's raw as well. And I hope she figures out. I don't know if she's ever going to figure out in this environment, but I mean, when she was right when the pandemic hit and you know, she was there early on in AEW. I thought, like, man, she's a free agent. I'm, I'm surprised WWE didn't get her, but maybe they never released her from her contract. I know they released Sadie Gibbs, I believe, which I don't know whatever happened to her, but um, I, I thought she for sure she was going to end up in WWE. But and I thought Jamie Hader would end up in WWE, WWE as well, but that never happened. But I, I think if I'm WWE, you know, she's a person I'd go for for that division. I, I, I definitely would have her in, in NXT first, and you know, definitely in the PC for sure. I mean, and get get working on working on her character and in in ring most importantly, and then also, you know, hopefully by then they'll be doing more of these coconut loops and get some get some time in the ring, you know. And so, and that seems to be what the direction they're going. And then I don't think it would take long for her to kind of get with it, and I think she would do really well in WWE. But we'll see what happens. It's it's definitely an interesting interesting game now with. No pun intended with Triple H now in charge of creative and talent relations. You know, you see him already bringing back some people that were released. And I think he's going to be very aggressive when it comes to AW free agents. So um, I can see a Wardlow coming over. I can see it. Well, MGF, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming he has signed a new signed a new contract already. So he's going to probably be locked up for a while, but he's still very young. So. Next time that ever that deals up, you know, he's still going to be, you know, good age. And Triple H kind of already sees or been showing, like, it doesn't really matter how old you are. It just matters you have talent. So um, I'm actually been really excited for WWE. I don't know if I'm, I still haven't watched. I just like, I watched SmackDown for like a little bit. Like, a, like a, I got spo- Garrett was texting me and he kind of spoiled me on the, cr- the Killer Cross or Carrying Cross return. But I wanted to fast forward uh, SmackDown. I did see the return. Now, that was cool. I, I like Karrion Cross, so I'm happy he's back and Scarlett's back. I thought I thought they got done dirty, honestly, when they got me up to the main roster. And uh, 
Triple H has always seen something in him, and and there is something in him. I think a lot of, a lot of there's a lot of hate for him. I think maybe it's because some of his views on a, you know outside of wrestling, a lot of people don't agree with, and you know I'm not I don't agree with it either. But I I you know, as a talent as a wrestler, I think there's a lot there. Um, and sure he has some weaknesses, but I think well that's why a good booker would put him with people that can cover those weaknesses or it just emphasize his strengths, right? And there's a lot of good workers in WWE that could do that for Karen Cross, you know, like Drew McIntyre, for instance, who he tacked. And, and, you know, if you do it right, there's a big match with Roman, you know, down the line and gives Roman someone fresh to work with. And Roman needs some fresh people to work with in WWE. So that'll be something to watch. I, like I said, I don't know if I can hang for a three hour raw or even, even a SmackDown on a Friday. Cause I like to do stuff. Just I rather watch something else or do something life or whatever, but it it's just I I I'm I'm checking. I'm keeping a little more closer to uh, closer uh, closer eyes on the W product. So, but we're not talking W here. We're talking we're talking AEW Battle of the Belts, and here's the main event: Claudio Castanelli versus Kanosuke Takeshka. And this is was expected a really damn good wrestling match. Um, and it's. And it was really good, but the you know the result was never in doubt. Um, so that kind of took the took the excitement away from me. I just knew it was a good. And it was a good match, really good. Takeshka, man, he's a talented guy. He's always been talented. And you, you, I guess Gary, I remember Gary was talking about this. He's like he's such a, he's a big fan of Takeshka. We also know he's not going to win, so he'd rather do something else on a Friday night, right? Like, and I get that. I get it. And, and that's the thing, like. You present Takeshka as the guy that always comes to short. Claudio just got there. And, you know, he has this momentum. I don't even think even the, the most casual fan would think that Takeshka had a chance, right? So, really good match. This is definitely worth going out of the way to see if you just want to see a really good wrestling match. And they delivered a hell of a wrestling match. Probably one, of the, probably the best wrestling match of all the AEW shows this week, and last week too as well, because that Dynamite did not like, and even the week before that Dynamite wasn't that good. Um, I actually thought it was way better than um, Dan Garcia and Brian Danielson. A lot of people loved that match. I thought this match was like you know, a few, way uh, about four steps ahead of that one. So really good. Check it out. You know, for those who just want to watch good wrestling matches, this is definitely. It Claudio's fantastic. Takeshka is amazing, and he should be winning more. And maybe he can uh, build up to a title shot. Make it build up to actually a world title shot that means something. It doesn't have to be on a pay per view, but it can mean uh, if done right. I think Takeshka could could draw a rating with Moxley or whoever's a champion. You know when he challenges for a title, so. That was Take It On Podcast this week. I hope you enjoyed my look at all elite wrestling and and um, my critiques of it. Like I said, I'm not against AEW. I, I I want nothing but success for them. But I'm a, you know I'm not gonna sit here and just be like, yeah, that was great. That was great. That was awesome. That was awesome. No, I'm there, there's something that's not done done right. I'm gonna call it out. Right. That's what critics do. You want that. You don't want to hear a show that's like, yeah. Yeah, everything's raw, raw. Everything's raw, raw. Well, this one's kind of cool, but it's fine. You don't want that. You don't want that. You want 
someone to be critical, right? I love Star Wars, right? I'm a big Star Wars geek, you know? And, you know, I love the movies, but I can understand where they're not, you know, cinema classics for a lot. You know, I'm not saying, you know, like the like the prequels. A lot of people hate the prequels. A lot of critics were bashed them. And I get why they were bashed, but for me, I enjoy them. And does I do I hate those critics or not like it? No, they're being critical. That's their job. Same thing here with with that how you know my experience in wrestling and I point out what I'm the flaws I'm seeing, especially in the booking. Yeah, uh, it's just so hot shot, so hot shot. And like I said, and it continues next week. It's like I'm it's just not it's like a dumpster match, a coffin match, tag team street fight, tag team tornado. Fucking barbed wire everywhere match. Uh, uh, you know, guys in shark cages. It's just it's just over overdone. Like, what's going to happen to the pay-per-view, <laughs> right? So, we'll see. Anyways, thanks again for uh, listening. Appreciate your time out of your weekend to listen to Take It Home Podcast. Uh, love to hear your thoughts on the show. Hit me up on Twitter at LaRoccaJL. That's L-A-R-O-C-C-A-J-L. Uh, love to hear feedback so give it a shot and once again make sure check out that fight game media plus patreon five dollars a month gives a shot everyone have a good rest of your weekend take care be safe wilson you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar how did you do it i got a huge assist from grammarly an ai writing partner that helped me make my point and it works everywhere i write Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.